So hello once again, everybody. Um, thank you for uh, joining me again in another uh, Bible study session. Today we're gonna we're gonna be doing Matthew one, which is uh, the birth of Jesus, because Christmas is already um, next week. I hope you guys have done all your shopping because I haven't, and I'm not really looking for. Well, I'm looking forward to giving people gifts, right? But not looking forward to the traffic. Not looking forward to parking at the mall not looking forward to long lines you know but you know what hey it's it's you know the holiday season and um I tend to look forward to that too even though I don't like you know I don't, I don't like the long lines and and the heavy traffic you know but um anyway let's go to Matthew Matthew chapter one today uh, chapter 1 verse 18 and again I have your notes um, at the description section of this video which is right below the video there's a link there you can get a free PDF copy of the notes for today's Bible studies um, let's open in a, in, in, a, in a prayer Father God thank you for for another time of Bible study today, Lord God. Father God, help me, Lord God, to uh, deliver your word, Lord God, what you want to say to your people today. Please use me as an instrument of your word, Lord. Please do not let my words just be my words. Please let them be your words, Father. Holy Spirit, please minister to each and every one of us today. Please speak to us, O Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so Matthew 1 verse 18 i'm reading from the niv version so wait okay so joseph accepts jesus as his son this is how the birth of jesus the messiah came about his mother mary was pledged to be married to joseph but before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the holy spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But before, sorry, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, the Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from Magi or Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. 
But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Okay, so before we before we go verse by verse on this, um, let's take a look at quickly. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's really long. The genealogy of Jesus in Matthew, chapter one, verse one. Okay, so you have to understand. You know, when you're reading the Bible in context, you have to understand who the author is writing to, who the audience is of the author. Okay, and. Matthew's audience, and I know I've, I've deduced that for you guys in the past Bible studies, but um, just to review, Matthew, Matthew's audience are the Jewish people, okay? So Matthew's whole point in writing the book of Matthew is to prove to the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. And, and he did that partially also by showing them that everything that the prophets said in the Old Testament was fulfilled by Jesus. And so in, in looking at Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the genealogy of Jesus, Matthew goes from, from Abraham to David to Jesus. And if you look at the book of Luke, which is the Synoptic Gospel, and I've explained what Synoptic Gospels are before, uh, Luke goes from Jesus to David to Abraham, and then Luke takes it up a notch from Abraham to Adam to God. Okay, and most Bible scholars say that Luke went by route of Mary's lineage, but he didn't mention Mary because, you know, back then in the Jewish culture, it's custom that you don't mention women in, in the genealogy of anybody. Okay, so he didn't, if you look at the book of Luke, there is no mention of women. He was just following custom. Okay, um, but in the book of Matthew, you will see here, Matthew didn't just write, you know, didn't just include one woman in the genealogy. He included five, okay? If you look at that, verse 3, he has Tamar, okay? Verse 5, he has Rahab. At the same verse, he has Ruth. And then he has, in verse 6, um, uh, Bathsheba. He didn't mention the name, but he mentioned the description. And he says, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Uriah's wife was Bathsheba. And then... Obviously, in uh, in verse 16, you have Mary, okay? So this shows us that, you know, my, Ma Matthew is also trying to say that Jesus is not just for men. Jesus is also for women. And if you look at closely to, you know, I'll just mention some names here. You have Tamar, Tamar the adulteress who tricked Judah into sleeping with her. And you find her in Genesis 13, 38, 
You also have Rahab the prostitute. You find her in Joshua 2. And so here, you know, you have Tamar, Rahab, you know, messing up. And the obvious one is David, who we all know um, had an affair, you know, committed adultery with Bathsheba. Not only did he have an affair with her, he also committed murder by killing her husband to cover up for what he did. So this tells me that no matter how messed up your past was, God can still use you. You see here, and you know, some people here, I'm pretty sure they messed up too, but these are just the top three names that I, that I wanted to mention, Tamar, Rahab, and David. And it shows me that no matter what you've done in the past, God can still use you for his purpose, for his plan of salvation. And in this case, to bring Jesus into the world. And so you also have here that uh, showing us, uh, Matthew showing us that Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth, you know, mentioning them, they are actually Gentiles. They're not Jewish. So Matthew is also pointing out here that, hey, Jesus is not just for for women. Jesus is not just, uh, sorry, Jesus is not just for men. Jesus is not just for people who have, you know, perfect lives. And Jesus is is not just, for for the jews but jesus is also for the gentiles jesus basically is for everybody and so moving on we'll see here verse let's 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 go back to let me sorry let's let's jump to verse 16 so he mentions a whole lot of other names there okay and then verse 16 and jacob i'm going to turn this cell phone off real quick okay there you go and Jacob, the father, if you're not, by the way, if, you, if you're if you not yet on the two or three app, uh, join me there. Uh, look for me. My name is Veds Alado. Uh, join my, I have a little community there. Um, uh, we, we do, you know, Bible studies and, and discussions. So, you know, do join us there. So anyway, verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Now, if you look here, Matthew didn't go and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the father of Jesus. He didn't say that because we all know Joseph is not the father of, of Jesus. God is the father of Jesus. And, and he specifically pointed this out in verse 18. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And so, but in verse 16, he had to mention this, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, because first of all, so let's read the whole, the whole verse, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Now, by linking Mary with, with, um, sorry, by linking Joseph to Mary as her husband, this gives Jesus the, in the Jewish law, you know, the rightful heir to David's throne. Because the prophecy says that he will be of uh, uh, the Davidic lineage, the line of David, okay? So by linking Joseph to Mary as her husband, this gives Jesus the right to David's throne and that he belongs in the line of David. And so now Mary was the mother of Jesus, was called the Messiah. So, so Matthew also has to mention that Mary was the mother of Jesus because in, in the Jewish law, your, your Jewishness, okay, is passed on from the mother, okay? So if your mother is Jewish, you're Jewish, okay? So Matthew had to mention that because, again, the prophecy said he, he Jesus is uh, of Jewish descent. 
And so, but, but we all know that Mary is just the vehicle that God used to bring Jesus into the world, okay? And so now jump to verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Now you see here, Matthew is very specific. He doesn't, he doesn't just say, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. He, he said, Jesus the Messiah. He, this is an emphasis for the Jews. And so his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, when you are pledged to be married, now in the Jewish culture, especially back then, being engaged, pledged to be married, aka engaged, is as good as being married, where you need a divorce to to break off, you know, from one another. In the Jewish culture, when you were, you know, when you were going to get married, there are three steps. One is that both families have to agree. And then second, you have to have the public announcement, which is this thing right here, um, uh, an engagement. And then third is the actual ceremony. And so right now, they're pledged to be married. That means they're engaged. They're as good as married, except that they don't sleep together. Okay. And let's continue. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, Joseph was a, was a, he was a good guy. You know, he was a good man. Okay. And he didn't want to to uh to publicly announce their divorce because back then um women when you get a divorce you know you're the woman is always to blame um you know apparently they didn't know that it takes two to tango in a marriage right um but yeah if there's a divorce it's almost always it not almost always it is always the woman's fault and so they will put to shame the woman and not really bother about the guy and since, you know, Joseph is a good man, he didn't want people to shame Mary. And so he wanted to just divorce her quietly. And so in verse 20, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, see, he, it says here, but after he had considered this, meaning he already made a decision. You know, he already considered it. Okay, he made up his mind. Okay, I'm going to divorce her quietly. Um, and you kind of have to, you know, put yourself in, in Joseph's, Joseph's shoes, you know, for a little bit. I mean, you know, here comes, you know, uh, uh, the wife saying, uh, oh, yeah, Joseph, you know, I'm pregnant, you know, but don't worry, you know, this is, <laughs> this is from God, this is from the Holy Spirit, you know. What are you going to think, right? You're going to think, hey, wait a minute, something is not right here. Something's funky here. And so you have to kind of, you know, kind of feel what Joseph is feeling. You know, that's why he made that decision. But look at this, since he was already convinced, you know, he was already convinced, all right, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divorce her and just, uh, just divorce her quietly so that she will not be put to shame. But then God interrupts his decision. You know, he already made a decision, all right, I'm going to plan this, do this quietly. But then God interrupts, like, nope, don't do that. You know, uh, I'm confirming to you that this is from the Holy Spirit. And so it kind of makes me think, you know, same thing for us. You know, I mean, when we make a decision, you know, we're given a situation, right, in front of us. And then we, we think about it, we ponder it, you know. And then we make a decision based on what we are seeing. You know, we don't see the big picture. 
like like Joseph, you know, he didn't see the big picture. So just like him, you know, we make a decision. And then once we've made up our mind, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Then God interrupts, you know. If it's something that that is not aligned to his will, he interrupts. And hey, you know, don't do this. Do this instead because this is my will for you. And I think it makes me feel confident that God does that. You know, so that when I make a decision and it's out of his will, I'm confident that he will interrupt and tell me, hey, you know what, you're, you're getting out of my will, get back, do this instead. So anyway, verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, Jesus means God saves and savior. Okay, so verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, you see how how Matthew here uh, mentions, uh, you know, the the prophecy to fulfill, and so that that verse you can find it in Isaiah seven fourteen. And so verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Now, can you imagine? Okay, what, what is happening here? Again, I'm pretty sure, you know, Joseph's friends and close friends and family be thinking like, okay, Mary's pregnant and they're not married yet. There was no ceremony yet. So what's up, you know? And even though people were probably talking about what's going on, Joseph didn't care about that. You know, the most, obviously at that time, the most logical thing to do is to divorce her. But Joseph didn't do that. Instead of, you know, listening to people, he did what the Lord had told him. He did what the Lord had told him. And again, that's the same thing with us. You know, when when we are, again, facing a situation, you know, people, you know, may talk and, and this and that, you know, about our situation. But you know what? We have to, to take courage in knowing that, uh, God interrupts our decisions if it's out of his will and then he guides us into his will and we can be confident that God always guides us through his word because reading because the Bible is the primary way that God communicates with us and so verse 24 when, G when Joseph woke up he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife now uh, we see here that um that let me go back to that verse an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream okay so um we have to be careful that not every dream <laughs> that we have is from the lord okay not everything that we hear and see in a dream is from him first of all it has to be peaceful it has to align with his word um how do you know if it's from him again that is your personal relationship with god the more you spend time with god by praying and reading the Bible, the more you know his voice, okay? And again, praying is a communication with God. That means, you know, you're talking. Sometimes you're talking and, and you're listening, okay? You're talking and you're listening for him. And so dreams, you know, we don't put God in a box. God communicates, you know, to us in a, a lot of ways, okay? You know, through dreams or whatever. But the main primary way that he communicates with us is through the Bible. And so verse 24, he, he, so, okay, sorry, verse 25, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. Now, 
this is what some people, okay, some people believe that, you know, Mary was a virgin all her life, which is not true, okay? Now, uh, some people's Bibles, you know, have been edited to to take this verse out, okay? But this verse was in the Bible. Again, we should never take away from the Bible and we should never add to the Bible, okay? Now, this verse clearly says that Mary... Uh, Mary did not remain a virgin all her life, okay? She had other kids, like, uh, namely, Joseph, James, Jude, Simon, okay? And I'm going to shoot at you guys some verses here where you can find this because some people might ask you, and you might be asking too. So you can see it's Matthew 12, 46, Matthew 13, 55, Mark 6, 3, John 2, 12, John 7, 3, and John 7, 5, John, so sorry, John, John 2, 12, John 7, 3, John, I believe, okay, I think I messed up that one. Something about John 5 and John 10, I'll have to look that up. Something about the way I type, whoops. Okay, Acts 1, 14, 1 Corinthians 9, 5, Galatians 1, 19. Okay, all these verse, you know, uh, you'll see that Mary had kids after that. Okay, so Matthew chapter 2. So now we're talking about the Magi or the Magi, okay, traditionally known as the wise men. Okay, now if uh, if you recall, uh, you know, maybe nativity scene, um, you know, when you were a kid or, you know, when you did the Christmas play, okay, there were three kings, okay. Now technically, there weren't exactly three, okay. We don't know. We don't know how many. It doesn't say, okay? The reason why people assumed there were three was because of the gifts they gave. There were uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, okay? And these were three things, and they assumed there were three kings, okay? And why kings? Because gold, frankincense, and myrrh were so expensive that only most likely royalty could possess them and could afford to give it away, Okay, and that's why people, you know, thought that, oh, there were three kings. But, you know, that's not accurate. We don't really know exactly how many there were. There could be, sure, there could be three, but there could be like, you know, a hundred. There could be like 50, you know, there could be like two, right? But anyway, so after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, now if you see here, Matthew specifies Bethlehem in Judea. He didn't just say Bethlehem because this is to clarify because there is another Bethlehem near Nazareth. Um, and and uh, this is not the one he's talking about. He's not talking about the Bethlehem near Nazareth. He's talking about Bethlehem in Judea. Okay. And so that's one point. And the second point why he said Bethlehem in Judea is because he has to mention Judea because this is to show that Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. And Judah was the place that produced kings in, in the line of David. So he has to mention uh, Judea. Judea and Judah are the same thing. Okay. And so after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, okay, now not to be confused with, um, with his son, King Herod Antipas, who was involved in the crucifixion. This is King Herod the Great. Okay. So Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Okay, now look at this. These, these Magi are traditionally called wise men. Okay, wise men for the simple fact that they studied a lot. Okay, and um, uh, uh, Bible scholars say it was the study of the stars or what have you. Okay, so anyway, so born king of the Jews, uh, they acknowledge that Jesus was born king. He 
he is not just born to become king. He is born king. Okay. And Matthew specifically, if you notice, the Magi was not, they're not found in Luke or any of the gospel writings. Okay. The reason why is because Matthew, again, his audience were the Jewish people. And he wanted to show the Jewish people that these Magi, again, okay, backtrack, okay. From this phrase, born king of the Jews, first of all, they acknowledge that Jesus was born king right from the start. He wasn't born to become king. He is born king right then and there. He is king already. And by asking born king of the Jews implies that these guys, the Magi, the wise men, they were foreigners, they weren't locals, okay? Because you wouldn't have to mention of the Jews if you were one of the Jews, okay? So, but Matthew, by putting them here, he's trying to say, hey, look, you know what? People from outside are recognizing Jesus. People who are not Jews are recognizing Jesus, but we are not. We who are close to him, we're not. So that's why Matthew puts the Magi story in, in, in the book of Matthew. And so we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. Obviously, you know, he was threatened. When he had called, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, okay, so that's, again, that's why um, Matthew mentions at first Bethlehem in Judea, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Sorry, I'm rushing, okay, again, I'm overtiming here. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So then Herod called the Magi secretly. You know, he didn't want to stir up anything. So he called them secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Okay, we all know that's a lie. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Okay, so so I want you guys to see this. You know, these guys, the wise men, they were studying the stars or, you know, astronomy, astrology. I have yet to, you know, uh, see the difference of that. But anyway, the point is God used a star to guide them to Jesus. Okay, he used what they were studying to point them to him. He used their expertise, their area of expertise to point that, to point them to him. And that's the same thing with us, you know. God uses what we are interested in learning, what our interests are, what our expertise are in, what we are experts are at. He uses all that to point to him. And, I, I, you know, I can relate to this because, you know, a lot of you know that I have a, a chemistry background. I graduated, I uh, majored in chemistry. And in my studies, you know, when, when we, don't, we don't just study like 
you know, we also, I mean, yes, we study the macro level, but we also study the micro level up to the little tiny bits of reactions that goes on, you know, internally in our bodies and externally. And what amazed me was, you know, not just externally, but internally, up to that cellular level in, in, in our bodies, the specificity of everything, the timing of everything, you know, God, you see God there, you know, that this is not just some, some big bang theory that happened. There is a maker, a creator who perfectly orchestrated everything. So all that, everything, everything that I'm, uh, I'm interested in, or I'm an expert at, and this is the same thing with you guys, everything points to God. And so after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star, okay, sorry, verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary. Now look at this. Uh, again, the nativity scene is great. It's a great reminder of, of the birth of Jesus. Okay. But it's not accurate. Okay. First we saw with the three kings. Okay. King, three kings. All right. And then on coming to the house. This means that it's, uh, you know, some days or months, remember, they had no car or even bicycles back then. You know, they had no Uber, okay? So they walked, okay? Or maybe they had the camel. I don't know. But it's, camel is not as fast as Uber, okay? And so on coming to the house, this must have been maybe a month or so, or I don't know, but definitely not the same night that he was born, okay? Because the nativity scene, it shows that they were there all, everybody's there in the manger. And that's not quite accurate because here it says on coming to the house, not the manger, okay? Come to the house. They saw the child, not baby, okay? Saw the child with his mother Mary. That means that sometime had already passed, okay? And so the verse 10 again, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now look at this. They First of all, they were overjoyed. And then when they saw him, they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they, they presented him with gifts. Okay, so they were overjoyed, they praised and worshipped him, and then they gave him gifts. And I think that's a great attitude that we should have at the in the presence of God. You know, when, when we're with, with Jesus, we're with Jesus all the time. You know, we should be overjoyed, we should be happy. Okay, we're with him all the time. We should be happy, we should be praising him, we should be worshipping him, and we should be giving him gifts. Okay, now with regards to gifts, I'm not just talking about tithes that you give to your church, okay? I'm not just talking about that. that is a big part of that, okay? But giving gifts to him is also the gifts and talents that he has given you. You give it back to him in service, okay? By 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 doing ministry, by serving others, you know, using your talents and your gifts to glorify his name. So that's one way of giving gifts to God. And so verse 12, and having been warned in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And here, it's funny, having been warned again in a dream, okay, not to go back to Herod, again, you know, God communicates with us in, you know, many, many ways, okay, you may communicate with us in a dream, but again, not every dream is from God, sometimes it's just what you ate, okay, sometimes it's what you, you know, the last movie or last TV show you've seen or what happened to you during the day, okay, so, any, first of all, anything that is from God gives you peace that passes understanding. And anything from God always agrees with the Bible, okay? But the main way, you know, 
that he communicates with us is through the Bible. If he, if he communicated with you through a dream, then you better pray to him about it. Okay, you will know that it is God when you have a close relationship with him. And again, close relationship with God is by prayer and reading the Bible. Okay, so here, you see here, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Now, this kind of just, you know, this was just like a last minute thought that I had. I mean, these were, you know, wise men, right? I mean, you should have known, right, that, well, Herod, you know, the kind of guy that he is, you know, he's most likely lying by saying, oh, I'm going to go worship him. So it doesn't clearly say if they did decide to go back to Herod. But anyway, God, again, makes sure that they stay within his plan by warning them. God's sort of like, look, I know you guys are wise men, okay? But let me remind you, don't go back to Herod because you're getting out of my will. You guys are wise, but I am God, I'm wiser, you know? So he warns them. And again, that makes me confident that, hey, you know what? I, I, I may know some things, but God knows better. And if he said, don't do this, I'm not going to do that. And again, here... Just the same as, as Joseph, you know, they decided on a route, okay? And then God interrupts, interrupts them. Hey, don't go that route, do this. Just like Joseph, he decided on divorcing Mary. Oh, wait, don't do, God interrupts. Hey, don't do this, do this instead. This is my will, not that one. Okay, so two examples here, you know, give me the confidence that when I make a decision, First of all, every decision that we make, you know, we ask God first. But in any case, because of our humanness, you know, we may make, you know, decide on doing something. But before we actually act out that decision, God interrupts and, you know, tells us, hey, nope, don't do that. Do this instead. Okay, so I'm confident, you know, that whatever we go through in life, you know, God always helps us to, you know, for us to stay in his will. And so the from your notes with you. Again, you can click the description section below the video. Okay, so so some takeaways uh, that I may or may ha have mentioned here. Um, I know I went a different um, uh, different explanation on the notes. I, I went through, you know, a background of Matthew and so on. But let me just, you know, read some of the takeaways here. So some of the takeaways we have is God kept his promise of a deliverer for his people. We should not let our own expectations rule over God's plans. We can make plans, but we should be attentive and heed to God's plan for us. And God can use anyone for his kingdom, no matter their history. And we saw that in, in the, the genealogy. So, anyway, so that wraps up uh, our Bible study for today. Uh, I hope you got something. You guys got um, something here um, to take with you uh, in the holiday season. Let's, let's close out in prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord, for, for a wonderful time of study today. Lord God, I thank you for, for showing us how, how you guide us in our everyday lives to help us to stay in your will, Father. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that confidence that no matter where we are in life, that you will guide us, Lord God, just like you guided um, uh, the Magi, Lord God, just like you also um, guided Joseph to, to stay in your path, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for that. Father, we thank you for, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for, for, for your Savior, for, for, for our Savior. Jesus, thank you for, for, for uh, being with us, for, for dying, for dying for, for our sins. Thank you for washing away our sins. Thank you that, that you came so that we can have not a religion, but a relationship 
with God. Thank you, God, for everything. Father God, I pray for everyone watching this, for, for everyone going through the notes and, and really studying. Please bless their efforts, Lord God. Father God, I pray also for this holiday season. I pray for for uh, stress levels to be down and um, for, for families to be together, to be reunited, to be reconciled. Father God, I pray for, for I pray for blessings for everybody, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, that wraps up today. Again, thank you so much. Try to stay sane during the holiday season. Okay. And I will see you guys on Wednesday. God bless you.